Down to Business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. Now, for this week's industry review, I wanted to have a look at an area which, I must admit, I don't have much exposure to except from what I overhear from my daughters. That's all about the world of cosmetics. There are so many incredible, successful cosmetic brands here in Ireland. I wanted to find out a little bit more about what the area is like and from those who have made it their own. I'm delighted to be joined today by Amy Connolly. She's the founder and CEO of Sculpted by Amy. Nicola Connolly also joins us. She's the founder of Skincare Range and Nunaya. And Neve Ryan is the co-founder of Ella and Joe Cosmetics. You're all very welcome to the programme, ladies. And I'm really looking forward to our chat. I'm going to start with you, Amy. Um, sculpted by Amy. Um, I've met you a couple of times before, but for our listeners, just tell us a little bit about uh, the incredible journey that you've been on with Sculpted by Amy. Hello, Frissy. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, yes, so at Sculpted by Amy, we champion all things cosmetics. We very much play in the skin space, so for nations, concealers, things that are good for you or so we like to say. And we're five years old and we're just beginning our international journey. So we're available in about 350 stores across Ireland. We also sell online, so we're very much a growing team and yeah. expanding beyond, which is great. What a great story, Amy. And, and again, just to remind our listeners, again, it all started with you you know, with your own working part-time when you were in college and you've never borrowed any money and you've basically brought it to this stage, you yeah. know, on, on, your, on your own shoulders. It's really an incredible achievement. So well done to you. Thanks, Bobby. Now let's talk to Nicola Connolly, uh, founder of the skincare range. Uh, Nunaya, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, <laughs> Nicola. Hi, Bobby. Yeah, no, it's we. Yeah, it's Nunaya. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, now tell us a little bit about your business. I know um, the whole... I suppose sustainability thing is a big piece in your world. Tell us more. Yeah, so what we do is we, our our vision is to help our customers to create little moments of connection in their day. um, And we do that through a range of superfood skincare rituals. Um, And we have a very unique sourcing story where we source directly all our plant actives from our communities of growers in the Amazon rainforest in the Andes Mountains of Ecuador and Peru. Right. So you spent 12 years working in the uh, the Nares Mountains in South America and, and that was the evolution of this product, is that right? That's it, yeah. I spent 12 years working um, over there as a sustainability consultant and my job was to go into these indigenous communities and to help them to develop sustainable businesses with what was growing around them. And uh, through that journey, I learned all about their incredible plants um, and their, how they use those to stay healthy and well. And that was sort of where the idea came from for Nunaya, to try and bring those plants into our, our range of skincare products. Wow, sounds fascinating. We'll be back to you in a second, Nicola. Let's bring in our third guest, Neve Ryan from Ella and Joe. Neve, you're very welcome to the programme. Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Now, you're, um, you're one yeah. part of a dynamic duo um, I am. Adela well, and you Joan. wouldn't have been able to handle us now, Bobby. There would have been too much talking over each other. We're bad. We're motor mouths. So. <laughs> well, we love people who can talk on this show. So off you go, <laughs> Neve. Off you go. Tell us all about your world. Yeah. So um, I'm one half of Ella and Joe Cosmetics. Um, we are an award-winning skincare company based in the west of Ireland in Ballina, the beautiful Ballina County, County Mayo on the Moy. There. There you go. Um, Lots of nice yeah. salmon up that way. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous. Um, so we're in business now over four years um, and we started off the range with one product um, and now we've grown it up to seven and 
no more than Amy, we're all over the country, thank God, and we're growing at a really, really fast pace um, and developing new products all the time. But really, where we're at the moment is really trying to bring a bit of fun back into women's skincare routines. We're all about the busy mum, the busy woman, um, and people who just don't have time to think about using eight different products. Um, so we really are about bringing it back to basics again for people and putting the fun back into their skincare as well. Okay. We'll talk about the squeaky clean brush cleanser in a minute. It's not it's not a product <laughs> I, I know intimately, but uh, I want to know about... Uh, so we'll come back to that in a second, but I want to revert yeah. to Amy Connolly for a second. And Amy, can you paint a sort of picture for us of the... I suppose the retail landscape that is cosmetics at the moment. What's happening? What? What? How important are brands? How? What's your route to market? And what's changed? There's a lot of lot in there, but I'm 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 trying to get a sense of because it, it appears to me that it's it's a business that's moving at a million miles an hour, and you got to you know if you want to play in this space, you you need to be pretty flexible and adaptable. Yeah, I think cosmetics in general is a super, super fast-paced industry. I mean, like, the level of launches and newness that people require and expect is is a lot. And then at the same time, you have the trajectory of the retail landscape, like you said, changing. So if we kind of rewind back maybe two to three years ago before COVID would have hit, we have always been omnichannel. And by that, it means that we play in stores and we also have our own D2C online that's direct-to-consumer, which is brilliant. So it also meant that we were ready and enabled to take on online when COVID hit and everything switched to those channels Whereas we still had our retail stores that we had to, you know, take care of and give some consideration to, but footfall was down. If you would ask me a year ago what my trajectory was for new markets, I probably would have said we're going to go the e-com route. You know, it's it's a lesser investment. It's less daunting on a business. Yeah. We can figure out the consumer. Whereas now we definitely feel high streets back. And it's amazing it is. I think they play a huge role in it. But at the same time, online is not necessarily down. So right. both are vying in the same space, which is great. Because they're they're attracting the consumers in different ways, but there's more expectations on what people need. So on like in stores are becoming more digital focused through like interactive screens. So if you want to find your shade and foundation, for example, you might go to the mirror, click the, the digital iPad screen, whatever is there, and it'll throw the shade on you to help you at nearly shop what's in store. That's nearly becoming an expectation. So there's a fusion of online that's happening in store. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. And similarly, that's really like for interesting. Us, when we're online, we're also trying to to give consideration to our stockists through our website as well. So it feels like the one brand journey because the last yeah. thing you want is customers feeling like they're two separate businesses. Absolutely, Which and and that's sense. a real dark art, let's call it, where you where you don't, uh, I suppose, demotivate one exactly. sector or the other, and you bring them all along, even though it's experientially it can be quite different. Yeah, and I think that that word experiential is going to be a huge buzzword for the next few years. Like you see a lot of brands who are maybe exploring pop-ups or, you know, even retailers that are back, they're changing their offering online. Like there's huge expectations around how we revolutionise that in-store process. And, you know, an example would be Zara, you know, one of the oldest, biggest brands in global history and their new store on Oxford Street had this whole nearly like virtual digital interactive screen yeah. at the at the shop front it wasn't actually doing a whole pile but it was showing this virtual world of Zara as if you were there and you're you're having this imagination of where wow. you're where you're being transformed to um so yeah there's it's just changing all the time like you said but it's equally exciting and particularly for us as a small brand because we can play and be flexible yeah. and and get on board with trends let me bring Nicola Connolly back in Nicola you mentioned sustainability there earlier and you talk about some of the challenges that for the sector and for the industry, um, packaging, uh, supply chains not being ethical or sustainable. You say murky waters. T tell me more. 
Yeah, well, I think traditionally the the cosmetics industry has had quite a, a large, you know, environmental impact in terms of you know packaging, packaging waste, and um, supply chain issues, how materials are extracted, sourced. Um, but I think what's really interesting, and just going back to what Amy was saying there about the changes over the last couple of years, is that there's been a definite shift uh, with brands being much more um, focused on the environment, not just the, the the environmental side of it, but also ethical side of how they're sourcing. Um, you know, the type of packaging they're using. And there's a lot more awareness um, from consumers as well who are really demanding um, that brands adapt and change. And again, yeah. for us as a small brand, it's, it's, it's great because we are, can be so flexible. You know, we don't have the, the huge hierarchy that some of the big multinationals have that makes it harder to adapt. So we've been able to lead the charge if you like, in terms of that ethical environmental piece. Yeah, and, and the consumers aren't stupid in the sense that, you know, you really do have to be authentic around what your sustainability proposition is, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, there is, there is a huge amount of, of greenwashing out there and, you know, sustainability is a journey. We're always, you know, improving as we go, but, uh, you know, customers know and they can feel it straight away. So it's really, it is really about being authentic and, and really transparent um, and, you know, sharing all of that information as well, I think is really important because business needs to be done differently given the huge climate change, you know, challenges that we're facing. Yeah, yeah. And Eve, can I go back to you? I, I was bursting to talk about the squeaky clean brush <laughs> cleanser. You can tell me all about it now. <laughs> Yeah, so well, basically that's where we started. Um, and I think when we talk about it, people are like, oh my God. Um, but I have a salon, a beauty clinic. I've had it for the last 10 years working as a skin therapist. And you'd come in and you'd do a consultation with people and you'd, they'd look at the floor when you'd ask them how often they were cleaning their makeup brushes. And I was like, you're after putting about 16 euro on your face. And then you're going to put a dirty makeup brush on there that has got more bacteria than your toilet seat. Um, and I tried to source something in the market that clean the brushes really quickly and the dry them really quickly because I suppose the key consumer insight is we only think about using we only think about cleaning our makeup brushes when we go to use them so we wanted to have something that was really fast to turn around and that's where Squeaky Clean came in um, and it flies for us so it was our first step into the market and we had wow. no major plan or you know big thing afterwards um, in terms of what we were doing um, I was telling one of the guys you know we've had four kids in the last four years between us myself and my business partner and um, so we're really ready. A lot of maternity of... leaves there, keeping exactly. the lights on. Exactly, there was oh. a, lo- a lot of tag team and it was like, okay, I'm cool. We'll tag in. See you later. I'm I'm back in a few months. You can, you can get me on the phone. Um, so when COVID came, we were used to, that was one positive. We were used to working together remotely because that was all we had known really for um, such a long period of time. Yeah. But yeah, squeak clean always gets people. I'm like, yes, if you want to make the most of your skincare, make sure those brushes are clean. Yeah. Amy, back to you. Um, and again, you've been somebody who's been, you know, a real, I suppose, poster girl for you know, the use of social media and using, using it, mm. you know, as a real tool to sell product, yeah. whether it's by, you know, images on Instagram, working with bloggers, like that to me, it's a whole different world. But I, that's just what you live and breathe every day. Yeah, it is. And I, I think it's a two way thing. Like education for us as a brand is massive, given I started as a makeup artist before founding it. So I really feel to empower your customer, they need to know how to use the products. So that's the best way for us to have instant interaction yeah. to teach people on how to use the products is through social. Like that, you've got a great community because you can actually speak directly with people. The minute something launches, launches or lands in store, you can get instant feedback. Um, but also using it the right way. I think there's huge like responsibility on people like myself or 
brands like ourselves that are online to make sure we're using it in a positive sense. Yeah. So, you know, something I've referenced here before, we have our filter-free faces where we don't Photoshop or airbrush images that are put out. And that's, you know, a really wrong way to show people, firstly, how products are, because it's not realistic, but also in terms of self-esteem and yeah. all those really other important issues. So it's a really important tool, but it also needs to be used right. Okay, no, I, I think that's, that's... And can I just ask you as well about you know, developing your own brand versus walking that tightrope with mm -hmm. partnering with other brands, maybe brands that are bigger than you, that have greater high street presence, that are more connected to the whole fashion world. Mm -hmm. it, 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 that is possible, I take it, but it, it, one has to tread very carefully. Yeah, I think so. And I think like we've shown great growth in the last five years that we've been an active brand and we've really like, you know, without saying like a total flung my own trumpet, have really rivaled those global brands. But I think it comes down to your core consumer. It's about listening, being active with them, making them feel part of the journey and getting that really organic love and word of mouth, which is arguably the hardest thing to achieve as a new brand. So I always say like growing slowly and steadily and staying true to yourself and your own culture. Yeah. I know that's a real buzzword sometimes, but I really, really believe it. And that would be the hardest thing actually for us to replicate in new markets now. Yeah. And uh, Nicola, with, with Nuna, yeah, what's the next place you go now? Where, where With your South American origins, your credibility around the Amazon, is it to develop a whole suite of products or different products? Yeah, so I, I mean, when I was in last, we had just launched our first product. So I, I suppose we have a slow beauty philosophy. So the idea for us is to create incredible products, you know, backed by um, clinical efficacy studies that multitask, so they do multiple jobs, if you like. So our cleansing balm, for example, is also hydrating mask. Um, so we have a, a slower sort of formulation process because we don't, we don't feel a customer needs to have, you know, yeah. 10 or 15 products a day. So we have new products coming down the line with some really exciting launches with some really interesting actives um, from the Amazon. So that's really exciting. And then we're also in our international expansion phase. So we've just rolled out into new retailers in France and Italy. Um, wow. over the last six weeks. So we're really looking to Europe now as we grow. We've hit all our targets for Ireland. So um, looking further afield. So it's very exciting. Yeah. And maybe lastly to you, Niamh, um the combination of, as I said earlier, your partnership, uh, you being a skin expert and working then with Charlene, um, does that allow you, I suppose, punch well above your weight, that combination of different skills within the same business? Absolutely. Um, we're like the yin to the yang. We're, um, I'm fast. She's slower paced. She's more detailed. I'm like, get the Sounds job Sounds like done. my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we work really well together. Um, and like, as you said, like the expertise from both sides is brilliant. And the opinion piece from both sides as well um, is really good. Like I love the ingredient side the more cosmetic science side um, and I was a brand manager for Unilever for years as well so I love um, looking at the brand strategy and exactly like new markets and it's just actually so incredible and I just have to take a minute to say to the girls oh my god like wow to be on a call with you know other female entrepreneurs in Ireland that are just doing such an amazing job and really bringing it on a global stage like it's just fabulous okay it's so good well, look, you're all great ambassadors uh, for the sector. Amy, I'm going to give the last word to you. Um, as somebody who's, you know, ate and drank this stuff for the last <laughs> decade, um, where do you see the industry going next? Um, 
I think it's going to be a consistent change along the way. I think it's probably the most fast paced change the industry has seen in the last kind of five to seven years. And that's going to continue with added pressures around this whole virtual world, the metaverse, whatever that turns out to be. It's still a little bit gibberish to me, to be (laughs) totally honest. Um, So I think, again, that the fusion, like we said earlier, between retail and online is going to continue. I don't think online is going anywhere, but I equally don't think high street is. Regardless of what way it changes, I think it'll always have a part to play. It's just figuring it out how much of a big part I suppose that yeah. is and how much digital Well listen I've is. learned a lot here today I want to thank my guests Amy Connolly founder and CEO of Sculpted by Amy and Nicola Connolly no relation founder or at least we think no relation <laughs> founder of uh, nope. Skincare Range Nunaya and Niamh Ryan co-founder of Ella and Joe Cosmetics thanks very much for letting us into your world and wishing you all collective success for the future Thank you thanks, so much Bobby.